those of you that don't know me, I am Nancy Wyrostek, Joe's wife, Joe Wyrostek's wife. We are the pastors of Metro Praise. Amen. We started this church about five years ago. Uh, next month will be five years, and uh, we're just excited about what God has done in the lives of teenagers. Many of the teenagers that we started with five years ago are our young adults now, starting many of them starting in Bible college and and are just leaders in the church. And so we just believe in you guys. How many of you guys say? How many of you guys say believe in teenagers? You got to believe in teenagers. And so we believe in teenagers. We believe that God can use your life to do awesome things in your generation. How many of you guys want to be used by God to touch your generation, to touch your friends? And I know that many of you guys are impacting the friends that you go to school with. And I just want to encourage you to do that more and more. The title of my message today is, Are You a Friend or Are You an Enemy? Are you a friend or are you an enemy? And I want to open up today with just sharing a little bit of my testimony. I grew up in a Christian home. My parents both were born and raised in Greece. And when they came to America, they lived in Chicago. They came in 1978. It's a long time ago for some of you. You weren't even a thought. In 19, I wasn't even a thought in 1978. And they got saved. Both of them got saved before me and my sister were born. And so me and my sister, all we knew was about Jesus. All we knew was about being born again and having to live for God and go to church and pray and read your Bible and live right. So I had the awesome privilege of being raised in a family like that. However, most of my life, probably starting in junior high, I lived as an enemy of God. And that's what I want to talk to you today. Are you a friend of God or are you an enemy of God? Because my life, even though I went to church every week with my parents, you know, I read my Bible here and there. I was a good person. I never, you know, really swore or rebelled against my parents. But I still lived as an enemy of God. So just being a good person doesn't make you a good person in God's eyes. Because you could still be a good person and you could go to hell. How many you say amen to that? And so by the time junior high, high school came around, you know, it was all about the peer pressure of having a boyfriend and, and different things like that. And so it was always one thing or another. You know, this guy likes you, so you want to, you know, you want to have a boyfriend. So I was always involved with these guys that liked me, and uh, they, they, they were unbelievers. They did not believe in God. They weren't living Christian lives. And so that's pretty much how I lived my high school years. I didn't live my life during high school for Jesus. And so you guys have an awesome opportunity now now choose to live for Jesus while you're, in high, while you're in high school because I wish that I could go back and do that. But I didn't. I, at the age of 15, I started dating a guy who was five years older than me. Um, I thank God that I didn't um, have sex with him by the grace of God. I was still a virgin by the time I got married. However, there were still other sins in my life. There was sexual impurity. Um, I was an enemy, like I said, to God. I didn't really want to go to church, but I had to because my parents made me. So I was with him for three years. And the Bible says you are not supposed to be in a relationship with somebody that isn't a believer, that doesn't believe in God. And so I lived as an enemy of God throughout that whole time. And it wasn't until I was 18 years old, I went to a youth convention with my youth group. And I don't exactly remember the whole message, but all I remember from that message was, will you surrender everything to Jesus? Are you willing and are you ready to surrender all? And I knew at that altar call that Jesus was asking me to surrender my relationship with this guy. And I stood up 
And I said, Jesus, if you don't do it, it won't happen. But I give it to you. I don't want it anymore. I want to live for you. And that was a Friday. And then I was out of, it was out of, I was out of town. Came back Saturday night. And then Sunday, you know, I talked to my boyfriend. And I said, you know, um, I had an awesome time at this convention. It was so great. God was doing this. God was doing that. And here I'm telling him my experience, my Christian experience. And he has no idea what I'm talking about. But the only thing he says back to me was, do you want to break up? Because I feel like I'm bringing you down. And that was so Jesus because I needed that to, to get out of the relationship. And I said, yes, I do. I want to break up. And you're talking about a three-year relationship, 15 to 18 years old. And so for some of you guys that think adults don't take you serious, I do think that at that age you can get so caught up in your emotions and really love somebody. But see, it's not really love unless God is in the middle of it. And so... It took about two weeks for him to really leave me alone, and the rest is history. I gave my life to Jesus at that youth convention, and I said, Lord, I don't want to look back. I don't want to have anything to do with this world. I just want you. And so from 18 till today, I've been living for Jesus. November 3rd, 2010 will be 10 years. So you don't realize how long... um, You can live for the Lord and how quick it goes by. So I want you guys, as I preach this message to you, I want you to think of your life 10 years from now. Are you going to live for Jesus? Or are you just going to live for the moment? Turn your Bibles to James chapter 4, verse 4. Everybody say James. Chapter 4. Come on, guys. James. Chapter 4. Verse 4. All right, I'll give you guys a couple of seconds to get there. Like I said, if you don't have Bibles, you could look up at the screen here. When you get there, say, Amen. If you are there, say, Amen. Wonderful. It says, You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred toward God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. It's pretty self-explanatory, isn't it? Friend of the world, enemy of God. So my question to you today is, are you a friend of God or an enemy of God? This verse clearly states that that if you have friendship with the world, you are God's enemy. You are God's enemy. And I want to define that for you today. Dictionary.com. Enemy is defined as a person who feels hatred for, fosters harmful designs against, or engages in antagonistic activities against another. An enemy is an adversary or opponent. That is what you are to God if you have friendship with the world. So you are God's opponent. You hate God. You have hatred for him. You are his opponent, his adversary, and he is against you and you are against him. So many of you guys think today that you're good with God because you don't do all the bad things that your friends do or you don't do all the bad things that other people do. So you're quick to say, hey, I don't do that, so I'm okay. So it's easy for you to compare yourself to all the other things that other people do, but you have to realize God doesn't want a hint of anything inside of you that the world has to offer. So are you a friend today or are you an enemy of God? Friendship is defined as a friendly relation or intimacy, harmony with, accord, or understanding. 
So for you to have friendship with the world today means you are being intimate with what the world has to offer. And so if you are intimate with what the world is offering you, then you are God's enemy. So I want you to think for a moment. Take some time right now and examine yourself. In what ways are you intimate with the world? Do you enjoy R-rated movies that don't please God? Do you listen to offensive and vulgar music? Is there sexual immorality and impurity in your life? Are you involved in a relationship or other ways? You watch pornography. I mean, let's be real today. You guys are bombarded with this everywhere you turn. Sexual immorality and sexual impurity in your life. Getting drunk or doing drugs. Are you intimate with those things? Disobeying your parents. And I don't want to blow through this one very quickly because I think oftentimes you just kind of add it in there next to like the drugs and the sex. But it's not right for you to disobey your parents. It's a commandment. Obey your parents. If you don't obey your parents, you go to hell. Period. It's a commandment. Live for Jesus. Show your parents you're living for Jesus and listen to them. God is very serious about that. We have to honor our father and our mother. And it may be hard for some of you, especially if they're not living for the Lord, But if they're not asking you to go sell your body on the street, guess what? They love you. They have your best concern for you in their mind. And so just listen to them when they tell you to do something, unless it's going to be harmful to you or harmful to somebody else. Everybody say, obey my parents. And don't give them an attitude. Because the way you treat your parents is really going to show them God is really changing your life. Are you intimate with the world by being rebellious towards authority? And that, of course, is your parents. It could be teachers at school, police officers, any adult in your life. Are you just rebellious? Could you care less about what they say about what they think? Are you intimate with the world by having an attitude of pride where it's just all about you, me, 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 what I can get, what's in it for me? Just anger, gossip, greed, or being in a relationship with an unbeliever like how I was. If you guys fall into any one of these categories, then you are intimate with the world. You have a friendship with the world, and God is calling you his enemy. You are an enemy of God. Don't think that you are right with God if there's these areas in your life that you're holding on to. What I want you to understand today is that the way you live your life every single day, day in and day out, that is what determines your status with God, friend or enemy. It's the way that you live every single day. And it's not just by you coming to church on Fridays and going to church on Sundays. It's what you do at school, how you act at home, the decisions that you make that really show God and show people who you're living for. Because too many times Christians are labeled as hypocrites. And the reason for that is because people live a double life. They call themselves a Christian. They say they go to church. They tell other people to go to church. But they don't do what Christians are supposed to do, and that is live for God. Live Christ-like. It's easy as a teenager for you guys your age. I'm telling you, I know that you are bombarded everywhere you go with stuff. So it's easy for you to ride this wave of compromise going back and forth, back and forth, because you're constantly being faced with temptation. Whether it's at your lunch table, you know, your friends are talking about what they did at this party. They're telling you about what they did with their boyfriend or their girlfriend. You're constantly listening to these conversations. 
and it's in your face, images at the store. You cannot even go to the mall today and avoid being confronted with lust and the filthiness of this world. Joe and I were at the mall last Friday, and I want to tell you this quick story. We went to the mall with Bethany, our daughter, and we go there because we like to walk around and stuff. And if you guys haven't been to the hip lately, there's a lot of stores that are being remodeled. So we entered from the Target end. We always walk from Target back and forth to Kohl's, okay, just that long strip. Well, the Limited and Victoria's Secret are being remodeled. And on the Victoria's Secret storefront, this big wall is there, and they have this picture of this lady. I cannot even tell you how disgusting and pornographic that picture is. Like, I walked in there, it caught my attention so fast. And girls are usually not as sensitive to that stuff. Guys are more of the visual ones. That's why you guys really got to be careful from the things that you watch and see. And so girls, that is something that guys really uh, struggle with, are images like that, so we have to guard them. But I, that caught my attention so quick. And I told Joe, and so, you know, obviously he was trying to look in the other direction. But you can't even go to the mall. And then we kept walking and we decided to go into this one other store that we thought was like a clothing store that sold like T-shirts and different things like that called Spencer's. It's like a sex store. I had no idea. I've grown up in that neighborhood practically my whole life. That store has been there for years. I never walked into it. It's kind of like that urban one that looks like with a brick on the outside. never walked into it. I just thought it was some random clothing store that just wasn't my style teenagers your age younger older walking in and out of that place you cannot go anywhere and not be confronted with the filth of this world but you guys have to make that choice because if you enjoy those things if you're in harmony with those things if you're intimate with those things and you think those things are cool and you call yourself a christian even if you don't call yourself a christian you are an enemy you are not a friend of god those things should bother you don't allow the things that happen, the things that you see, the things that you hear at school, don't let it let you get numb. See, that Victoria's Secret picture showed me that I'm not numb to that stuff, and I'm glad. When we see stuff like that, we should be grieved. Stores like that that are in our malls that 10-year-olds can walk into and just look around and, and read things, that should grieve us. Don't get numb to that stuff. The Bible says you can be in the world, but you don't have to be of the world. You make the choice today. It's your choice. We're going to live in this world. We're going to go to the malls. We're going to watch movies. We're going to listen to music. But how are you going to protect yourself? You make a choice to live holy every single day. You make a choice today to follow God. I want you guys to turn to your Bibles in Joshua. Chapter 24, verse 14 through 15. You make a choice every day. And if there's areas in your life that you struggle with, you just got to say, Jesus, help me. But overall, you should have a hatred in your heart for sin. And if you love God and if you fear God, you will hate sin. And when there are times when you are tested with, um, tempted with it and you actually want it and you're desiring it, the, the Bible says that he will provide a way out of that temptation. But your number one goal needs to be, I'm going to serve God. I'm going to choose today to live my life the way God wants me to live my life. Are you guys at Joshua chapter 24, verse 14 through 15? 
This is Joshua talking to the Israelites. Moses has just died. Everybody say Moses died. Joseph was appointed as their new leader to bring the Israelites into the promised land. And right before they go into this promised land, this land that God promised to Israelites, this is what Joshua is telling them. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your forefathers worshipped beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. Who does he want them to serve? The Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, say undesirable, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your forefathers served beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. So Joshua made this charge and said, guess what? You guys choose today who you're going to serve. But I just got to let you know, me and my family, we're going to serve God. We're getting ready to possess this promised land. Leave the gods that you used to serve behind. Leave them. Don't take them with you. Serve the Lord. He's challenging them. He's telling them, serve God. But if you don't choose to do it, I'm still going to do it, and so is my family. That is the charge I want you guys to have. Serve God every single day. And don't just think to yourself, well, I'm only 13 or I'm only 16. I have so much to live for. I want to have fun. I don't want to be, you know, uh, bound into these rules. Because you know what? Too many times people your age and you know what? People older than you, 30, 40 somethings can think, you know what? Christianity is just a bunch of rules. It's just a bunch of do's and don'ts. That is what it will look like if you don't love God. If you don't see Jesus as a person Wanting a relationship with you. Jesus wants to be your friend. He came to die on a cross so that he can be your friend and so that we could be his friends. He calls us his friends. First of all, it says that in the Bible, we are called God's friends. That is what he calls us. He came and died and he took our place. He died on the cross. He suffered so that we wouldn't have to. And today he promises that we can have life abundantly, life abundantly if we just choose him. And so are you willing to look at yourself, not just as a 13-year-old, not just as a 16-year-old. Don't just live for the moment. Don't let the devil lie to you and blind you and say, you know what, just have fun now. Don't worry about what they tell you. You have all this time to live for Jesus. No, you don't. You're not promised tomorrow. Any one of us could die in a car accident. How, how are we guaranteed to get into this thing of metal that weighs a ton probably? How do you think that you're ever going to be safe in something like that? I'm talking about a car, okay? If you guys didn't catch that. We're not, we're not promised safety all the time. Yes, the Lord protects us in so many ways that we don't even know. So there's probably accidents that we should have been in that the Lord spared us from. But I'm telling you, you are not promised tomorrow. There's already a shooting that I saw today. I think in Alabama, three got shot at Alabama University. You're not promised tomorrow. Don't think just because you're young, you've got all the time in the world. Choose today to live for Jesus. Choose today that you're going to live for God the way he wants you to live and that you're not going to be a friend of the world because you don't want to be an enemy of God. I'm telling you today, you do not want to be an enemy of God. You want to live your life right for God 
and you want to make it to heaven. And you might be asking yourself, how can I make it? You're telling me all this stuff. I'm bombarded with all these temptations. I'm bombarded with all the filth of this world. How am I going to make it? How can I live this life that God intended for me? How can I avoid falling into the traps of the devil and riding this wave of compromise? How many of you guys are asking yourself that right now? How many of you guys don't want to do that, ride this wave back and forth, back and forth? You want God, but you want sin. You want God, but you you want to go do that. You want God back and forth. How are you going to just be firm in your desire, in your passion to just want Jesus? Those questions are asked in the Bible. In Psalm chapter 119, verse 9 through 11, you don't have to turn there, but if you want, you can. There's a king named David. And he asked the same question. Psalm 119, verse 9 says, How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. So if you're asking yourself today, how am I going to make it? How am I going to live this life holy, pure, not being a friend of the world, not desiring the things that this world has to offer me? How am I going to make it? How am I going to live pure? He answers his own question. And he says, by living according to your word. And what is your word? Anybody want to take a guess? The Bible. Verse 10, I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So how can you keep from sinning against God? How can you keep from becoming friends with this world, becoming intimate with this world, by hiding his word in your heart. So I want you to walk away today with two things. Two things that you are supposed to do on a daily basis so that you can remain pure. So you can say to yourself, you know what, I can make this. God is not going to ask you to do something more than you're able to do it. If he says that we can be perfect as he is perfect, well then guess what? That's what I'm going to aim for because if God says it, then it's possible. But by yourself, you can't. Don't look at yourself and be like, you know what, I can't give that up right now. Just say, Jesus, I want you more than I want blank. You fill in the blank. You decide today. You examine your life and, and you fill in the blank. And you, you tell God the way that you're being intimate with the world. So two things you can do to be pure. Number one, pray. Seek God with all your heart. King David says, how can a young man keep his way pure? And then it's proceeded with, I seek you with all my heart. You have to seek God. Seek God with all of your heart. If you are not in communion with Jesus, if you are not talking with him every day, you're not going to make it, guys. You have to pray. You have to have this relationship with Jesus that he intended with you because we're not in a religion. It's a relationship. It's a two-way communication where God wants you to come to him and pray and seek his face and say, Lord, I cannot do it without you. Give me strength today. Be with me at school when I'm in these conversations. Teach me. Help me to stick up for what I believe in. Pray to Jesus. Cry out to him. Seek his face. Because there are going to be things that you're going to be faced with as you get older that you're not faced with right now. So you're going to want to discipline yourself and get into this, um, this practice of seeking God every day and saying, Lord, I want to live for you. In the midst of all the filth, in the midst of everything that is around me, 
in the midst of everything shoved in my face, all the sin, all the filth, every trap that the devil brings my way. I need you, God. So until you guys get bruised a little bit on your knees, until your carpet gets a little bit indented, you're not that desperate. Some of you guys get to get desperate with Jesus because sin is knocking at your door. And you are like one step away from backsliding. Every day it's just like you're walking that fine line. Just love God. Don't look at it as a bunch of do's and don'ts and these rules. Fall in love with Jesus and you won't want the world. You won't want the things the world has to offer. You will actually hate it. You will get this hatred of it. Like it will disgust you. So everybody say pray. You have to seek God, guys. If you want to live this thing out, not just for today, not just for tomorrow, not just to make it through high school, but to make it through college, to make it through your marriage, to make it through raising your children, to make it through when you're 50 years old and 60 years old, you've got to see yourself living for Jesus that long. This is how you do it. Number two, everybody say, read the word. He continues on in this passage of Scripture in verse 11, and he says, I have hidden your word in my heart. The only way that you're going to be able to hide his word in your heart is if you know it, and the only way you can know it is if you read it and listen to it. So read the word. Hide it in your heart. Memorize scripture. Memorize Bible verses that are pertaining to the struggles that you're currently facing as a high school student. Find things in his word. Find promises, things that he's telling you. You will make it. This life of living a Christian is not something that has never been done. We're doing it. I'm doing it. Joe's doing it. Josh is doing it. Okay? There's adults around you that are doing it. There's teenagers around you that are doing it. Danny is doing it. Jasmine is doing it. They're all they're being trained in our leadership classes here at the church. People your age are living for God, and they're living it successfully. They're doing it with passion and abundant life. And don't feel sorry for yourself and be like, oh, well, I can't do that. Don't feel sorry for yourself because you can't do drugs, because you shouldn't want to do drugs. Say no to drugs. They're not good for you. Don't feel sorry for yourself. There's nothing that satisfies you other than Jesus. And the only way that you will know that is if you personally experience it for yourself. Hide his word in your heart. Read it every single day. Find out what he has to say about you. Find out what he has to say about your future, the promises that he has given to you, the challenge that that he gives to you. It's possible to live this out, guys. It's possible to be a friend of God and not be a friend of the world. So ask yourself, am I a friend or am I an enemy? How am I living my life? And do I want to live right? Do you want to live pure? Ask yourself that question. Do I want to live pure? Am I making a choice today to live for God in every area of my life? Because then if you are, then you have to apply these two things. King David, he asks the same questions. How do I make it? How can I live pure? And he answers his own questions. He says, by living according to your word, I seek you with all of my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. So when you're praying and you're seeking God, say, Lord, don't let me stray. Don't let me stray from your commands. Don't let me walk away from what you've commanded me, from what you've taught me to do. And read his word. Hide it in your heart. Find out what he's saying to you. Understand. And if you have questions, go to your youth pastor. Go to your youth leader. Go to an adult that you know is living for God. Say, help me. Keep me accountable. Pray with me. If there's things that you're struggling with, be open. Tell somebody. 
say, I want to live this out. But you know what? This, this area of my life, this thing, I can't stop doing it. But I want to. Because you're not by yourself. You're not alone. So if you guys can all just stand up to your feet and come up to the front. I want us to spend some time around the altars today. And I want you guys to get serious with Jesus. This is going to be a one-on-one conversation with just you and him. Jasmine, can we turn these lamps off, please? If you're here today and you know that you're not right with God, you've never asked Jesus to come and live inside of you, you've never made a commitment, and you want to, I want you at this time, as we begin, to just say, Jesus, forgive me. I'm a sinner. Come and live inside of me. Change me. I want to live for you. Save me. I want to go to heaven. The Bible says you have to be born again. That term born again means that your spirit needs to be born again. You physically will not be born again. But the spirit that is inside of you, all of us are born sinners and our spirit is dead, and only Jesus can make it alive. And being born again is the only command Jesus tells us to get into heaven. He doesn't say you have to be a Christian. He doesn't say you have to be Catholic. He doesn't say anything else. He says, unless you are born again, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. So if that is you today, I want you to pray at this altar. Before I have anybody pray for you, before we do anything else, I just want you to have this communication with God. Because I want you guys to understand that you're not joining a religion. You are coming to Jesus himself and saying, take me, save me. And for the rest of you here, if you've already made that commitment, you've probably said that prayer 500 times. But you know you're living as an enemy of God because you're friends with the world. You're too intimate with what this world has to offer. With everybody's eyes closed and heads bowed all across this place. I want you to be serious and honest with yourself. Do not let tonight pass you by. Are you a friend of God or are you an enemy of God? Because if you are being friends with this world, don't act like you're friends with Jesus. Choose today what God you're going to serve. Choose today that you're going to serve Jesus. Choose today that you're going to pray that you're going to seek God's face with all of your heart, that you're going to read the word, that you're going to hide it inside of you because that is your roadmap to live this thing out. The the B-I-B-L-E, basic instructions before leaving earth. B-I-B-L-E, you read that thing. Those are your instructions for living before you leave this place. So in just, just, in just a minute here, I want you guys to just cry out to Jesus. You guys can kneel. You can kneel in the chairs right behind you. You can kneel at this altar right here. And I want you to mean business with God. Are you a friend or are you an enemy? Talk to Jesus today. Don't just have us just pray for you and send you on your way. Do you know how to communicate with the Lord? And if you do need prayer, we are going to pray with you. But I want you guys to take some time out and just seek the Lord by yourself.